UPL podcast. Thanks for joining us. And on behalf of UPL, welcome to our very first Open Ag podcast. Now, at the risk of making a massive understatement here, it's been a challenging year. Drought, fires, floods, and obviously the massive disruption caused by the worldwide COVID-19 pandemic. But despite the turmoil, what remains clear is the huge importance of agriculture. There has never been such demand and focus on food, feeding ourselves, our families, and providing the best produce in the world and our international trade partners. But... It's not always easy. And today, we're speaking to Warren Davies, the unbreakable farmer. He's a husband, a father of five, a son, a brother, a mate, and a farmer. Warren is known for being resilient, persistent, and determined. And today, he's here to share some of his insights to help more people become unbreakable farmers too. G'day, Warren, and welcome. G'day, Sam. How are you? Going very well. Now, I think we find you in Melbourne, but that's not where you're from, Tell obviously. Tell us a bit about yourself and how and when did you become a farmer and what led you down the road to becoming the unbreakable farmer? The story actually began in Melbourne. I was I was born and bred in Melbourne and I lived in Melbourne till I was 15. I was brought up in the east and outer suburbs of Melbourne. Um, Dad always harboured this dream of, becoming a farmer. He was a butcher by trade and he just wanted to be a farmer and we travelled up to visit friends on farms quite often down in Gippsland and then that, when they moved to the Goulburn Valley and um, we found ourselves moving up there when I was 15 years old, moving from the city and becoming a country boy, I suppose. And and that was probably not the actual start of my farming journey as such because I was still at school, but it wasn't long after we moved to the country that I, I, I did become a, a farmer or a farm hand, and I worked for a guy, a farmer up there for, for seven years and learned everything I thought I needed to know about farming or thought, you know, I knew everything, you know, as a as a cocky you know, 22 year old, I thought I knew everything at that stage and I was just about to get married and we ended up buying our own farm or what we did is bought a farm next door to mum and dad's farm and, and created a family business. And, you know, that was a, a great idea and I felt a lot of freedom from that, but probably didn't really understand the other bits that come with farming, uh, you know, the responsibility because I'd always worked on a farm the responsibility that come with that. And, you know, I always knew that I was going into business with mum and dad and also with the banks because that's that's what you do. You have to borrow money to get into the, that sort of operation. But I didn't really pay much attention to my silent business partner and her name was Mother Nature. And she, she decided that she was going to come along and dish out some some challenges to me. And and I think if you, you go back, I... As a as a kid growing up, I, I also faced challenges along the way with a lot of bullying at school, and you know I struggled with anxiety and self, um, you know, the way I thought of myself as well. And but I buried them under the carpet, and a, probably an underlying theme to my my story or my journey is not doing anything about stuff. And and when Mother Nature started throwing challenges at me on the farm, it started to affect my my mental health and well-being and the first time was a flood and, you know, that really knocked me about. Um, it challenged me, taught me some really good lessons at the same time but it, it started this spiral that I that I share now as a speaker uh, as my mental health journey and not long we got um, recovered from that and got going and then we had 
a family bust up on the farm where, you know, it's a common story on, you know, with succession on on farms. A lot of speaking gigs that I do now are also coupled with a succession person generally. They're always on the bill because it's a big topic in, in agriculture and we never really had thought much about succession planning and so the, the only option I really had to, uh, to solve that, that issue was to buy mum and dad out of the farm, which is what I did and took on a lot of debt. And then just starting to find our feet again, my wife and I, and then the drought came along and, you know, the first year of the drought, we were we were travelling not too bad and the second year it started to bite um, a lot harder. Feed was shorter, water was shorter and, and a lot of pressures. And meanwhile, I was working harder and harder to try and beat, you know, that silent business partner, Mother Nature, trying to go into battle with her every day, I suppose, and didn't really pay much attention to my own well-being and that um, spiralled out of control and saw me... Um, you know, spiral into a really deep depression and in a really dark place in my life. And, you know, it was a really challenging times. Um, and in hindsight, I've learned a lot about where I was, um, where I was at at that stage. And it was a pretty scary place, but mm. probably the, one of the biggest challenges that we found is we actually lost our farm or we had decided that we couldn't farm any longer and we walked off our farm. And one of the biggest things that I found that I had to contend with was my loss of identity because I always thought I was going to be a farmer and, and that was a big challenge. And I think that's where the seed was the seed was planted, you know, for the unbreakable farmer. And after we left our farm, I've managed farms, I've done lots of other things. I did real estate for three years as a farm consultant, all these sort of things. And it all led me to this one place and using my journey as the as the catalyst to that was where the unbreakable farmer was born. Well, it certainly forged through hard times, no doubt about that. But Warren, do you believe that many farmers and in fact wider people in the agricultural sector feel that stress is seen as a normal part of life and, and does it have to be? Well, it definitely doesn't have to be. And, and as rural and regional people, we're probably tarred with that stoic brush. And I think we we're, think it's you know required of us to stand up and, and work our way through it where sometimes things get on top of you and you need to reach out and be able to to seek some help and you know as you painted the picture with the the current um situation that rural communities have faced over the last you know you know 12 months or at least a couple of years with at least with the drought sometimes things can get challenging and we need to be able to reach out and and seek some help and, and make sure that we're looking after ourselves. You know, it's one of the biggest lessons that I learned through my journey is, you know, didn't pay enough attention to my own well-being. So how do you overcome the stresses in your day-to-day life? And obviously you've lived some pretty harsh life lessons, but are there triggers that you look for and how do you overcome them? Look, as I've got a, a lot of um, strategies around self-care that I, that I use now these days that obviously – you know, as I I speak to you today, I, I don't stand here preaching because I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I didn't do a lot of the things that I talk about these days. It's just the stuff, the stuff that I learned along the way. Because um, if I had done some of the things that I talk about today, I probably wouldn't have found myself in the position that I was back then. Um, you know, but you know, just finding some of the happiness triggers in your life and, and focusing on them and, and making sure you're taking enough time away, stepping out of 
your farming business or or your job in agriculture or whatever it is, just to be able to, you know, look at the the you know the positive things in life because sometimes and I know myself traveling around Australia over the last 12 months seeing some fairly diabolical situations as far as drought in Queensland and New South Wales and here in Victoria um, you know it's, some of it's fairly challenging and confronting and if you're seeing that on a daily basis and and I know for myself in my own situation waking up every morning and looking out the window knowing that it hasn't got better, if not worse. Uh, you, know, you need some strategies to be able to in, in, uh, put in place to be able to keep your well-being or keep on top of your well-being. And, and for me, you know, I I walk. I love sport. I love going on watching, which is a big challenge at the moment. Again, I love going watching sport, um, local sport, but music plays a big part for me as well. So going for a walk with music in my ears, you know, it just gives you the time to clear your head a little bit and, and think about, you know, assess where you're at and, you know, and if you find yourself uh, struggling and, and thinking that you're not travelling that well, that, it, you know, being able to reach out and, and seek some help um, is vitally important. Some of those tips might feed into what I was going to speak to you about regarding isolation. I mean, we're, we've all been forced to confront isolation in varying forms given the current climate, but many farmers may feel that sense of isolation every day, I guess. And I mean, do you have any advice for tackling the mental health issues that arise, especially when you're feeling isolated? Yeah, look, I've had many of these conversations with with farmers. Like one of the things that probably is they had the least effect on farmers and people in rural communities is that isolation at the moment but the COVID-19 restrictions and and you know that isolation factor has played a big part because you know even if you're not used to being able to you know you're not used to seeing people on a daily basis or you know outside your your working group I suppose but you're still used to be able to go down to Thursday night footy training and have a beer with your mates or um, catch up with the, the girls down the street and have a coffee or whatever and just get off the farm. And that isolation is probably coupled with drought and the bushfires in the farming communities that I've been working in in Gippsland and in the Upper Murray in, the, in recent times is that, you know, you're isolated and you're confronted with that reality every day and you've got no break from it. And that, that's had a bigger impact on the mental health of a lot of farmers that, and and and. I suppose those frontline support people, um, you know, the people that work in the rural stores and in the in the local towns, and that 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 impact and that reality of facing that every day without any break is, is probably compounded. You know, we've they've gone out of drought into bushfire conditions. Um, some people have lost everything, or you know, or have been fairly decimated as far as the bushfires go, and then they're trying to recover from that, and all of a sudden we're locked down and in isolation, and and that's made it really hard. And I know, like for the communities I've worked in, like I haven't been able to go to those communities for for a couple of months, and I've you know, been trying to keep in contact either virtually or on the phone, and it, but it's not the same as you know face to face being able to sit down and and have good chats with people about how they're feeling. And I know a lot of people have been reaching out in with me in the last few weeks where it's just, you know, it's probably starting to really hit home now that, you know, what's happened in the last six months and that, that compounding effect of, uh, 
you know, a couple of things like the, you know, the, the drought and then the bushfires and now the, the COVID situation is, has, has taken its toll on their, on their wellbeing. So, Warren, as we leave you, do you have one, I guess, overarching takeaway message for farmers and people in the agricultural field just to help them build their resilience that you speak of, their persistence and their determination? You know, what would that be? What would be the first thing that comes to mind? I've probably got three for you, Sam. Three really important things that I learned from my journey is that communication is key. If you, you find yourself in any way, shape or form struggling, you need to communicate with someone and, and hopefully with your support network. The, you know, the five, I talk about five people, the five people that you love and you trust, be able to communicate with them. Um, the second one is to be is to stay connected with your community, and you know in these times where restrictions are in place, that's a little bit harder. But stay connected with the people around you and with your community, and make sure that you're looking out for each other. And thirdly, it's really about seeking help. You know, if you if you're struggling, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's your mental health and well-being, your relationships, your business, whatever it is, and you need to. Um, and you feel that you're struggling in any one of those things, you just need to reach out. There's plenty of services um, and plenty of support and resources out there that you can reach out to and, and, and seek advice from. Well, Wazza, I think I can call you Wazza now. On behalf of UBL, so much for being part of this podcast, and we appreciate you being so upfront and, and honest with some of your memories. No worries, Sam. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Warren Davies there. That is a fascinating story. And hopefully for you, some really insightful takeouts that we hope can inspire you moving forward. Warren Davies. And if you'd like to know more about Warren's work, head to his website, www.theunbreakablefarmer.com.au. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. I'm Sam Edmund. Take care and thanks for listening.